0: Hello everybody. Welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks probably since our last video was released and we're likely at the end of August now um, and you know, we just want to come to you today and talk about some of the latest developments of this declining empire, the United States. I'm here again with my co-host Margaret Kimberly. And yeah, we're just going to get started talking about, Mm -hmm. well, what a lot of people are talking about, given the state of U.S. politics today. And that is Kamala Harris is the vice presidential candidate for Joe Biden's campaign. And Black Agenda Report has done a lot of work talking about who Kamala Harris is. But I think the striking thing about it is that we know so much now about Kamala Harris's record. We saw Tulsi Gabbard's one minute and 30 second takedown in one of the early debates. We also just have a litany of information now about what what she did as a prosecutor, arresting Truant, mainly black mothers, or at least threatening them with arrest if their Mm -hmm. uh, children did not go to school. We know about her record with imprisoning or at least convicting marijuana users and we just know that she is a top cop of the establishment. We also know about her very close relationship with Israel. We know the Mm -hmm. Israel lobby is heavy in her pocket and we also know that she is very close to the banks that Mm -hmm. she helped actually bail out Steve Mnuchin from any uh, punishment or prosecution for his crimes in California for his uh, One West Bank. So, We just know a lot about her, but it seems like now that she is the vice president and this is an election season, the bullies of the Democratic Party establishment have come out and they're telling all of us to vote blue and don't complain. And they, you know, people like Ava DuVernay don't want to hear about her record. They don't want (laughs) to hear about what she has to say. She came out with, I think it was an Instagram post or a post on social media, basically, Mm -hmm. and almost 300 words plus saying why... We need to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and because people are dying. Well, right. I think people were dying and are dying, <laughs> uh, given the fact that she is right now a senator of California. And she's true. Com- complicit in a lot of the crimes of the U.S. imperial regime domestically and worldwide. But more than that, it's just so telling that that sort of reaction is the first thing that arises from these figures, these sort of talking heads of the Democratic Party Mm -hmm. establishment, whenever uh, their candidate, whenever their, uh, you know, choice for who's going to rule this uh, declining empire is placed under a microscope. And it's as if their so-called desire for, quote unquote, American democracy goes right out the window when it (laughs) has to do with their section of the elite. So, you know, I guess we'll just go right into this. Sure. Uh, what, what do we need to know about Kamala Harris? And what do we need to... Oh. How, how should we be talking about this? Because we do it all the time with like a gender report, but I don't think a lot of uh, other folks are, are doing it.
1: Yeah, it's... um, I mean, but you said it all. She's... Uh, what were the headlines after his choice was announced? Wall Street is happy. Wall Street breathes a sigh of release. Big business is happy. Just in case anybody was under some misapprehension that what they wanted counted... We now know it's not about what we want. It's about what the 1% want, the Democratic Party donor class. Um, They wanted Biden. So they have this guy who has some kind of health cognitive issue. They're hiding him, but they foisted him on Democratic Party voters. They use a combination of propaganda, excuse me, and vote shaming to get people to be quiet to try to tell you, well, you know, he has a stutter. Now, Joe Biden was a, a senator for, I think, 30 years, or close to 30 years when Obama chose him as his running mate. We've been looking at Joe Biden for years. If he had a stutter, we would have seen it by now. We have seen this decline. Um, and uh, in order for um, uh, for them to bring people into the fold, the only way to do that is to just tell people to shut up. Uh, They're resurrecting Russiagate again. It's something so stupid. Um, Ruptly, which is part of RT, has a video of uh, protests in Portland, a four-hour-long video, something crazy. And somebody took a snippet of someone burning a Bible, and somebody on the right wing amplified it. The New York Times says, you see, this is proof. Russia is again interfering in our elections. So it's just absurd. Um, They will do... Anything and everything except meet people's needs. Uh, Joe Biden has said there's no Medicare for all. We still have those people who have insurance still go broke if they get sick. Uh, Millions, I I believe it's 40 million new unemployment claims since the COVID-19 quarantine began. Uh, The uh, meager was $1,200. Then it was $600 more for unemployed people. That's gone and the Senate has gone home till after Labor Day and people are facing evictions and uh, depending on food banks. But in typical American fashion, that's something that is not addressed, that is not mentioned. And uh, uh, so so of course, people like like Ava DuVernay or some other prominent person, they all become members of the black political class and their job is to keep us all in line and to intimidate people into being quiet. Uh, And as far as Trump is concerned, you always say, we just have to beat Trump. We just have to beat Trump. This isn't the time to bring up anything. Well, if you don't bring it up, he wins. So this idea that asking a question or making a demand is the cause of Democratic Party defeats is just ludicrous. The Democratic Party is responsible for getting them elected. Nobody else has that responsibility. They chose them, they foisted Biden on us. Uh, people like Mike Bloomberg, who are now control the DNC, they're the ones who gave the seal of approval. They're the ones raising millions of dollars. It's their responsibility to get them elected. And if they don't get elected, and I think it's 50-50, they're the ones who are to blame Um, And I just I wish people actually would just be honest and say we don't get much. There isn't much difference, even that tiny bit of difference. I think it's worthwhile to have a Democrat in office. I really would respect people if they just said something like that instead of browbeating us uh, into um, uh, uh, shutting up, into accepting whatever we're given and just being quiet. But that's uh, where we are now. The implosion of black politics is uh, complete. Uh, After uh, Obama ran for, it was already on life support, but then uh, black politics now amounts to nothing more than keeping Republicans out of office. And of course, people have to be convinced that in order to keep Republicans out of office, they have to shut up and not ask for anything. So um, all the things people need are off the table politically. Uh, The protests, even, you know, the protests that sprang up after George Floyd was murdered were not just about uh, police violence. People are, all the things that we've mentioned here are quite desperate. But we have to be organized. We have to have the right formations to raise all these issues, to be in solidarity across racial lines, across group lines. And uh, make sure that these issues are addressed. That is what will do it. Nobody's going to hold his feet to the fire. I really, It's really insulting for people to lie like that and expect me to believe it. They're not holding his feet to the fire. They're not interested. They're going to go right back to going along with anything Democrats want, especially if Biden should win. We will be told, do you want Trump? Do you want Trump? Any question, complaint, demand will be met with that. But we've got to ignore it. And uh, we have to do what we know needs to be done and talked about and organized around uh, if um, a life in this country is going to be sustainable at all.
0: Yeah, no, no, you said, you said it best. I think one of the most disingenuous and damaging narratives that always comes out during an election period, during a presidential election period, but it It comes out even more prominently now with the United States just mired in crisis Mm -hmm. in all arenas of society is this idea that, all right, we got to get Trump out because Trump is bad. Everything is really bad under Trump. And once we get Biden and Harris in, then we can hold them accountable. I remember in 2012, I was in college and that's exactly what people were saying to me about the Obama administration. Things didn't turn out the way you wanted them to or a lot of people wanted them to, but Romney's bad. You got to keep Obama in and just make sure, and then you can hold him accountable. Where is the black agenda? Where is the progressive agenda? Right? There was all of these kind of browbeat, this browbeating of progressives, people, critics, uh, people on the left who, uh, you know, found that period extremely lonely and extremely uh, disastrous, the Obama period overall. But now with things, even I feel like, more heightened in terms of just the economic situation. A lot more people are suffering than before. And the baseline condition of U.S. society and the world at large has not gotten any better either. So now the desperation is so high that the argument is no longer, okay, where's your agenda? Now it's shut up. You need to just vote for... Uh, some stability or something that doesn't look like Trump, and that should be good enough for you at least until he gets in. And it's just such a, it's such a farce. <laughs> it's so insulting, first of it all, is. because history, right? This is this is August, and you know, Black Lions for Peace, Black Agenda Report, Black Is Back Coalition are all focusing on political prisoners. Black right. August. If we look at just what political prisoners who are rotting in prison to this day represented, what people like George Jackson, who is considered the father of Black August, what they represented was the Black radical tradition, which says, no, you cannot fight imperialism and racism from the context of the system that exists. You need to build a new society. You need to build a new order that takes into account Black lives, but also Black liberation. And A society that takes into account the fact that we live in a broader humanity that is also mired in these class and and racial uh, Mm -hmm. contradictions and uh, modes of oppression. And that that has to be part of the conversation as well. But we can't ever even get back to that history if people are going to constantly tell critics of (laughs) the candidates who are running on the Democratic Party ticket that there are so many things not to like about them to shut up like if we're just being told to shut up and the narrative is just well swallow it and get over it vote blue and then uh you know go everything back to will sleep. be fine exactly <laughs> go back to sleep then yeah. what 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 are we going to ultimately get we're going to get nothing we saw what happened with Bernie Sanders he came out tweeted in support of Kamala Harris and the Sanders movement has been devastated by it we know that not a lot of these Sanders supporters are going to come out for Biden But at the same time, his decision to capitulate um, at the most critical moments did disorganize that movement, so to speak, in a lot of ways. So we're left with just Biden, Kamala Harris, COVID-19 pandemic crisis, (laughs) and Donald Trump. And none of that stuff is very appetizing. So that's why it's important, I think, to remember political prisoners, fight for the freedom of political prisoners, and also remember the movement that they still embody, right? That movement that says yeah, we need something entirely different, and we need to talk about revolutionary politics, not just these, uh, you know, sort of big corporate parties that dominate the political landscape here in the United States. This is not the only form of struggle that exists.
1: No, electoral, I think electoral politics actually has to take a backseat to movement politics. You get success in in the electoral arena, when you've created a crisis in the, I'm stealing that line from Glenn Ford, but I love it so much, uh, create a political crisis for people in office. And you do that by, it's such a funny thing. People fetishize the civil rights era, but they don't talk about what people did that brought so much success. They did not go along with elected officials. They confronted elected officials. They made demands of them. They put them on the spot. They forced them to make choices that they didn't want to make. That is why the successes we had, that's why they came about. Uh, And this business of going along, uh, you know, that weird uh, Ava DuVernay, her little missive on her Instagram, it was so stupid. I mean, just to be blunt about it, it's like we're disrespecting our elders if we ask questions about Kamala Harris. No, 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 no. Our elders fought to have the right to say and do what they wanted. They fought for the right to confront political power. But people have been so browbeaten, the left has been damaged so badly that people don't know the most basic thing about political organizing. But the first thing is, you get what you want by confronting political power. By making demands you know they don't want to give you, but that's how you do it, Um, not by capitulation. You get nothing when you capitulate. And as far as Bernie Sanders, I think it proves this should be the last time that anyone has any hope for a Democratic presidential candidate to remain progressive, Uh, progressive domestically. His foreign policy was was horrible, this bipartisan consensus. Um, But they're not going to do it people have to run outside of the Democratic Party, which isn't even a party. They campaign on refusing to do what their people want them to do. Almost every Democrat wants Medicare for all, whatever you call it, some form of a national healthcare system where healthcare is free and accessible to everybody. Almost all Democrats want that, and our candidate tells us we can't have it. So the Democratic Party, is more of a like a marketing scheme. It's like a fundraising marketing scheme. It's certainly no political party because no, it's they a
0: corporation. don't corporation. It is a corporation. Just well, that's true. <laughs> um,
1: but they don't even go through the motions anymore. They don't even pretend. And Trump helps them because it's all about do you want Trump? That's like the answer to every question, anything that anyone uh, raises. So this is this is the bottom. This is. Um, the, the I believe the political bottom for this country and as you were saying about being revolutionary and that word can scare people they think they, you know, have to take to the ramparts with a, uh, a gun or something, but being revolutionary means um, turning all of this on its head it means refusing to participate in this scam. It means being unafraid It's a hard position, because especially now, because now through early November, all we're going to be told is, you know, and they get these old leftists to come out and they write an open letter scolding people. Noam Chomsky and whoever the hell else. Can they write an open letter to the Democratic Party, please? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: uh, But they don't go through the motions either. So this is um, this is where we are with uh, uh, Kamala Harris, who I don't believe brings anything to Biden's ticket. A lot of black people don't like her because- She didn't win her state.
0: She didn't win her state. (laughs) She pulled out before, because she knew she was
1: going to lose. And uh, her, you know, she tries to weasel out of it. She didn't prosecute people whose kids were truants. Other people did, but she was in favor of it. And she famously bragged about it and mocked people who campaigned for money for schools and not for jails. The marijuana conviction, saying that uh, people shouldn't be able to leave jail because then what will we do for a workforce when, uh, you know, these forest fires, you see people fighting fires in California, a lot of them are prisoners. So her her record is horrible. Um, And I wish, you know, I wouldn't even mind if people said, I know that, but I'm going to vote for her anyway. I would actually have more respect for people who said that than trying to browbeat you into uh, believing something which is not true. Yeah. And um, uh, you mentioned the political prisoners. Um, I urge people to go to the Jericho Movement website and find out how they can advocate for these uh, some of these folks who are still with us, but they've been in prison, some of them, uh, upwards of 50 years. And yes, we have political prisoners in the United States. It's something uh, people don't like to acknowledge.
0: Yeah, yeah, well... Julian Assange didn't come out of a vacuum. Neither did any of the whistleblowers that we see. Oh. You know, uh, Snowden trapped in Russia. He's been getting a lot of hostility on social media. Now that the now that Russia Gate needs to be extremely relevant again for the ruling class, they're going after folks like that to um, just whip up the hysteria around election interference, so-called, uh, which is completely uh, still baseless to this day. But Back to the point about political prisoners, yes, there's there's so many still in prison upwards of 50 years. Uh, we know that Leonard Peltier was going to run for the PSL ticket um, as vice president, but because of health issues and, and other commitments, had to withdraw. So, you know, a lot of these folks end up remaining in prison, these folks who fought in the American Indian movement, in the Black Liberation movement, and the Black Panther Party, or the Black Liberation Army, or uh, the Republic of New Africa, you know, down the line. So many political prisoners like Matulu Shakur, like Mumia uh, Mm Abu-Jamal, are still in prison because of their politics and because they were revolutionaries. They organized people on the basis of not just trying to figure out which of the two parties is best for black people or anybody else. That's why they were
1: punished so severely.
0: Exactly. Because they
1: were telling people... To, uh, to be revolutionary and yeah. to work outside of the system, and it just yeah. goes to show you the draconian nature of our criminal justice system, that uh, people can be in jail forever. Uh, there was a case, I believe it was a, a week or two ago, a man in Louisiana who was under these three strikes yeah. laws, yeah. sentenced to life for stealing hedge clippers. I think he even attempted, I don't even think he succeeded in doing it, and the court in Louisiana ruled that the, the sentence was appropriate. Yeah, so yeah. we have people doing life sentences for minor offenses. Um, you know, human rights in this country are, are pretty much a joke. We have the worst human rights record of any country in the world, in my opinion. Uh, we're in no position to uh, this country, this government is in no position to talk about uh, other, um, other nations. But uh, those are among the things that we have to address. That's why we need solidarity, because friends or neighbors or relatives, they may get on the, you know, vote blue no matter who train. And um, they also do this. They want you to feel alone. They want us to think nobody agrees with us. Nobody else thinks what we think. And that's not true. That's why people should be watching. us, should be reading Black. Yeah, I
0: know. Should
1: uh, be familiar with Black Alliance for Peace and uh, be in um, in solidarity with people in person organizing together. That is what gives us all the courage to keep telling the truth.
0: Yeah, no, and I want to just you know give another sort of shout out to the Jericho movement too because. What I think of Kamala, when I think of someone like Kamala Harris or the rest of the Black misleadership class, uh, so much of the Congressional Black Caucus, I think about the negation of everything that political prisoners fought for, right? So yeah. there has been this historical process of propping up certain so-called leaders to represent Black people, to represent other communities as well, um, to uh, sort of negate the struggles of the of two generations ago that were <laughs> revolutionary in character, but were heavily suppressed by the state, by the intelligence apparatus, and also by certain reforms which allowed for the isolation of revolutionary politics. And we see that so much today where the 2020 election just encapsulates how endless austerity, endless war, the propping up of Very Mm -hmm. conservative, reactionary, corporate leadership across all um, political parties has completely suppressed not only revolutionary politics, but has also made it so people do not have any expectations that Mm -hmm. they can expect to be met by the system. And without revolutionary political organization to harness that and move it into an independent direction, what ends up happening is people play defense, 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 defense. And that allows the system of U.S. imperialism and of capitalism of racism to continue its downward spiral and trend of destroying the lives of working people and oppressed people um, continuously uh, and to continue that path of destruction without any challenge and to get us to believe that it's okay for things to get worse as long as the uh getting worse means that it's being done by the particular political party that uh rep- yes. so, supposedly <laughs> represents us because when Joe Biden if Joe Biden is elected I don't even want I'm not going to say win because I don't actually believe <laughs> that his chances are that high but yeah. if he were to be elected we can expect the same misery that exists on this planet to continue that's being imposed by the United States to continue and to worsen so people who advocate for us to vote for that, to support that, to shut up about it, I think, are committing a crime against humanity. Because what you're saying is, oh, I don't want to hear about the crimes of Kamala Harris and, you know, those fo- those uh, forces, those powerful people that she backs. I don't want to hear about what the Democratic Party has done over the next uh, several months because what's more important is that the political party that isn't Trump- uh, needs to be in office so we can have cozy careers, have a more stable looking situation. Well, a lot of it is optics. Have
1: that. We're not even gonna have that, we're gonna have the optics. And we can't even talk about how racist Joe Biden is. I mean, if you look at his record, uh, she famously, it's funny now, came at him in a debate about his record on busing. He was the go-to anti-busing guy. Uh, he made a comment, I don't want my kids growing up in a racial jungle. I mean, it sounds like something Trump would have said, except Biden said it. Uh, one of the P.I. wrote the damn bill. What is about the crime bill, which puts so many black people in jail? Um, you know, if you are you, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. Uh, asking a black reporter who asked him appropriately about his health and about his cognitive uh, abilities, he responded with, "Suppose I asked if you were a junkie?" I mean, I I could go on with his crazy. Uh, statements but we're supposed to ignore that and this makes people crazy you said something um, that um, uh, resonated with me this is why people are crazy this is why people are depressed this is why people are uh, popping pills this is why people are there's an opioid crisis people are desperate and are told that they aren't it's like um, uh, the loss of minimum wage, uh, minimum, living wage work. Uh, what were we told to get out of uh, uh, poverty or uh, working class status and go to college? Well, who can afford to go to college? And we're told, nope, there's nothing we can do about your college loan debt. So we have a country with people who are on the edge and they are told that their lived experience isn't there. I mean, they are homeless encampments all over the country And you have the political party that's supposed to be the people's party not talking about people who are about to be homeless uh, for the first time because these benefits have expired. And um, it makes for people being angry about having to wear a mask in a pandemic, people fighting each other pro or con, uh, buying guns. I've I've read recently that the number of gun sales has gone up again. So people are really being driven crazy by this system, which treats them so bad, and by this system, which doesn't even allow you to say you're being treated badly. To be told over and over again that you should, you're a whiner, or you know, uh, you want Trump, or any 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 number of ways to try to disappear. The problem and then they wonder why people don't come out and vote um there's nothing biden or is, is saying that's going to get um i saw recently this um term infrequent voters people the kind of people who hadn't voted at all or hadn't voted for years but they were excited about a black president so they came out to vote for obama didn't get him anything but they had some reason to be inspired and there's nothing um i don't see and uh Democrats have to have a huge turnout in order to win to stop Republican vote suppression which they never talk about by the way which is why Hillary Clinton lost uh, the voting purges the and they're going to do it with the mail-in voting they oh, I yeah. know they, they do it now That's uh, happening, black, yeah. black voters uh, go up to go to the polls and are more likely to be given a provisional ballot which in uh, almost all cases is thrown are thrown out. So they need a huge turnout, but they're hoping to just thread the needle and get enough votes. And I think they could be in, we could be in the same situation as in 2016. I don't think they should count on this. People who like Trump are going to vote for him again. It doesn't matter if you don't understand why people don't like Trump or you hate him or you hate the people who like him. It doesn't matter. They still exist. They haven't gone away. They're going to vote for him again. And, um, this party that's supposed to save us from him won't do the most basic things to win an election because of their corruption, because of uh, their obedience to their donor class.
0: Yeah. Yes. And there are just so many things that we can just expect to continue Mm -hmm. uh, under Biden, Kamala Harris, under Trump, Pence, if that's, what it's going to be, you know, we're going to expect to that the military budget will continue to increase every presidential administration since, uh, at least Reagan, but likely before the military budget has been increasing, um, not by small amounts either, nope. uh, by tens of billions of dollars oftentimes every, um, two years even because that's when the National Defense Authorization Act is, um, renewed and we can expect that this economic crisis that is afflicting the united states well if the pandemic should let up and we can't even really talk about that for a while probably but (laughs) if it should let up the same conditions the low wages the attack on unions the uh, continuous austerity the endless austerity it's it's just devastating what's happening even in these so-called democrat cities We know that the austerity is devastating. The hospitals are being targeted. The schools are being targeted. That's not part of the bipartisan agenda. It is a bipartisan consensus in Washington. And so we can expect these things to happen. We can expect countries like Venezuela and Iran. Iran, actually, the United States just looted uh, four oil tankers or full of natural gas going to Venezuela. Um, And... Uh, the sanctions against both of those countries are going to continue under a Biden administration. And we know those sanctions have killed tens of thousands of people. So we just know that there's some there are things that are going to continue. The racism, the policing, the mass incarceration, all of that is going to continue. What What is on the agenda that is uh, actually going to change? And the answer is not much but the optics. And so... To tell people to come out to vote for that is a very difficult thing and we're going to see, I mean, we're going to see a low voter turnout. Look at what's happening to the United States. We cannot expect energy around this election, even if things were wildly different, but they're not. They're rooted in this uh, existence of this electoral corporate duopoly, which is just shaped by Capitalist interests, corporate interests, the well, interests you know, of billionaires. Well,
1: you know, it's funny you, you brought that up. The Democrats say they're not changing any of the things you mentioned. Uh, the Venezuela policy will be the same. The U.S. being a gangster, snatching. Some of the border wall was built with assets snatched yep. from Venezuela. Um, those countries like Iran, which they are becoming closer and closer in order to survive and protect themselves. So, Iran uh, shipped, they successfully shipped some oil to Venezuela a few weeks ago, and apparently uh, they snatched it, uh, the oil this time. Uh, But China is throwing around a lifeline, and that's why the US wants to uh, steal TikTok and WeChat. These countries are are, um, outside of, have declared themselves to be outside of the American gang. These countries have You know, the allies, the G7, NATO, they are just America's junior partners. They are vassal states. They're puppet states. They do whatever the United States tells them to do. And there is a group of nations who say we're not going along. And the U.S. can punish them. They can steal a tanker. That is not going to change. And I predict, you know, we've been talking about uh, de-dollarization, that the dollar is the world's reserve currency. And it doesn't have to always be. And when you start stealing a Chinese company, you say, you can't, uh, you gotta turn over your American business to us. What do you think they're going to do? They want to depend on the dollar less and less, which means the people will suffer. Ordinary people who don't know anything, thanks to the corporate media and their lies, they don't know anything about this. And it's war propaganda. All the attacks on all of these nations are nothing but war propaganda. I wrote this week about uh, TikTok and these lies about the Chinese could have your data. Well, so what? The NSA has your data. Um, uh, They can scoop up everything that is done online. Facebook and Twitter turn over anything that the law and federal law enforcement or local law enforcement ask them to. Uh, Your data is in the hands of hackers and scammers. And this idea that the Chinese Communist Party, they never say the word China without Communist Party attached to it now. It's uh, like going back to the worst days of McCarthyism, that the Chinese Communist Party can have your data. Well, so What are they going to do with it? I mean, you know, it's worse for me if the NSA has it. I don't know what China can do with my data. It's just ludicrous. And the Democrats go along with that, too. Um, I, I also wanted to say... Um, about the COVID-19 situation, I don't think it would have been much better with another president. We don't have a real healthcare system. I think if you had a Democrat in office, they would have given a better appearance of handling this crisis. Um, you would not have had a you know president who ought to stay away from press conferences trying to hold a press conference. Uh, but um, we're depending on China. to to manufacture the PPE, to manufacture the masks, to manufacture the ventilators, all of those things we're looking to China to help us with. By the way, for all this blaming China for COVID, they've solved it. All this talk about China lied and hid things, and that's why it got so bad. In about a month's time, they went from people getting sick in Wuhan to sequencing the genome and giving the, the world the information needed to test for this disease, which the US messed up. And uh, with this non-healthcare system and this society that is not built to help people, even in Europe, even in other capitalist countries, they subsidized businesses, they subsidized people. No one's going hungry or homeless in Germany because of COVID-19. They have a robust public healthcare system. The countries that did best with this crisis were either fully socialist or they have a robust public health care system. And without that, with a medical emergency like this, the U.S. is going to have, um, I think it's up to 160,000 cases now. The states that opened up so fast, now suffering uh, uh, the most, this prolonged shutdown because the whole country didn't shut down. I I don't know. I don't know that someone else would have done much better. And that's one of the problems with Trump. It's everything is because of him. I don't care. And I even know people, it's like things that have nothing to do with the presidency of the federal government. They're like, well, that's that's Trump's fault. I'm like, we had homelessness before Trump. We had, you know, we had all these things before Trump. And we will again, uh, unless we organize for to make the
0: appropriate demands on the system. Oh, totally. Uh, What happened during the COVID-19 crisis, I think, and what's happening, what's continuing to happen, just shows at the system level, at the level of society, uh, the United States is not organized to protect human life. And it wouldn't have been organized to protect human life under a Democratic Party administration. Um, We might have seen better optics, and those better optics may have had some material impact. But to think that it would have been so wildly different, I think, underestimates how in New York state, for example, there was so much time taken just to respond to COVID-19 that wouldn't have changed. And the policy of sending, for example, COVID-19 infected patients to nursing homes would not have changed. So a lot of the things that happened that killed so many people, uh, due to the virus, due to COVID-19, wouldn't have changed. And so I think what we need to learn here in the United States, especially people who call themselves the left or progressive, is that we need to get away from the optics, from the two-party, really what is personality politics at this point. Yep. You know, what can we stomach um, more so than um, someone else or something else, right? Is it Democrat or Republican? We need to get away from that and start looking at, well, what is this system doing? How is the system organized? Is this organized for our benefit or is it organized to the benefit of um, just a tiny few people? And then when we talk about countries like China, for example, or Iran and Venezuela too, we can look at systems that have things in place that honestly people in the United States should want. In Venezuela, they have so much Absolutely. Medicine. In China, they have... Uh, This massive state infrastructure, which allows for this kind of response and also a large public sector, a public action sector. Uh, You know, we had hundreds of thousands of volunteers coming out in Wuhan with the snap of a finger because that had already been put into place. This idea that people in their communities should be assisting their communities in moments of crises that is built through organization and through a society that's built on a different set of principles, principles that um, really, uh, you know, try to either balance this notion of profit and humanity or altogether say, well, profit is not going to even be a factor in our society as much as um, human need. So really, I think what we see with Venezuela and Iran, where both countries under significant attack, much poorer than China they have built their own sort of socialized systems so they can uh, survive really. A lot of it is a matter of survival. but in the case of even Iran, we see uh, pretty big achievements a rise in life expectancy, for example, over the course of its revolution since 1979 You know, we see benefits of their society that uh, people in the United states should should want, but because of racism, because of The constant attack that these countries get from the U.S. political establishment on all sides, right, Uh, this whole idea that things would change between China and the United States too, um, definitely uh, has some validity to it. But when we think about what Biden said in the debate, I think it was with Bernie Sanders uh, right before he dropped out in Arizona, where he said, I would have sent sent inspectors to China right away when the virus broke. That that should have been seen as an act of war. To say that you're just going to go send inspectors. And China's going to China. gonna say,
1: yeah, uh, no. And, China should have th- said, We should have asked China Chinese professionals to come here. Exactly. They we should have been
0: asking for their expertise. It's like PPE. they've had.
1: I've had. They've had fewer than five thousand deaths, but that's the problem. It's like everybody attacks from the right. It's all China's fault. So that's the right. thing in the duopoly. Right. We should learn from them. China, the, with their command economy, they built hospitals in like a week, a little more than a week, to um, care for COVID patients only. They were able to do it on the turn of a dime. Okay, we have this new disease. We have to figure out how to treat it. We're gonna build hospitals just for these people. And the end result is fewer than 5,000 deaths, and we have 160,000 and climbing. So uh, this idea that uh, China is some US pop, that the rest of the world, is America's oyster, and America can do anything it wants to, to any other country it wants. And there aren't, there's no sovereignty. Nobody has any rights that the U.S. needs uh, needs to respect. Uh, but that's the problem of with Sanders being an imperialist, despite the fact that he was more progressive on um, domestic uh, policy. So people are confused. People here don't know, don't know anything. We. You know, you have to read Black Agenda Report. You really do. You have to um, have the inclination and the energy and the interest to seek out other news sources. Otherwise, you don't know anything. You're still, you know, blaming, uh, uh, you know, you're still claiming Chinese eat bats. And that's why, you know, this disease started. But uh, no explanation for how they've resolved it so quickly. And this country is still... Uh, struggling and now being treated like a leper colony, you can't even go to Canada. I read a funny story in the New York Times, ironic funny, I guess. Canadians, Americans can't travel to Canada. And um, when Canadians see a car with U.S. plates, they harass the person and ask them how they got in. It was kind of funny to me. I said, uh, I guess Canadian politicians will say they'll build a wall and make America pay for it. I don't know. But but that's where we are in this supposedly advanced. We have to stop saying America is a powerful country. America is an advanced country. America is the richest country in the world. Well, the people are poor. So stop saying it. Stop saying all of those things because they are demonstrably untrue.
0: Yeah, no, we can. You know, we we, we can wrap up on, on that note. Uh, what I think all of this shows what all of the things that we've been talking about shows that that the U.S. is a failed state. We can Mm -hmm. say it now. And we can also start to talk about how, one, we need to focus on ending these endless wars. We need to focus on uh, having real solidarity with countries around the world that are under attack by imperialism. And if we're going to get anything that we want here in the United States, It's going to take, one, both a a complete break from the Democratic Party, and two, it's going to take the ability not just to defend country sovereignty around the world, which should be just a baseline principle of anyone who calls himself the left, but also to acknowledge the fact that the U.S. as a hegemon, that period of history is coming to an end, and that countries around the world... Do offer a lot of lessons for our movement to be able to glean and uh, get a lot out of so we can build real strength and real organization here um, without the baggage that racism, McCarthyism, anti communism, um, and just the endless propaganda machine of American exceptionalism that we can start to see that with China's rise, with Venezuela, Iran and Cuba, Syria, so many countries around the world trying to and, and successfully surviving the harshest of onslaughts that we can glean ex- inspiration from them. And we can glean inspiration from our political prisoners here in the United States who, exactly, um, just like Julian Assange is being witch hunted now, uh, there are dozens and dozens of black political prisoners, of anarchists, of communists, of uh, environmental activists. So, animal rights activists, so many people who are behind prison walls right now, uh, uh, rotting behind prison walls because they stood up against the system. And I think the whole point of our uh, show, as well as Black Agenda Report and all of the organizations uh, that Black Agenda Report uh, supports, is uh, to to build this new movement that is a negation of Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris is really a negation of us, and we need to begin to realize that, that we are not on the same side and nope. we will never be on the same side so long as this system exists.
1: Exactly. We have to we have to end it all. We've got to, we have to get rid of capitalism here. We've got to get rid of imperialism abroad. We are not going to have justice here if we have a, a country that's a rogue state all over the world. So you can't have if I get my Medicare for all, I don't care about sanctions. Well, it's not going to work like that. You're not going to get it if you have this predatory imperialist uh, system. So we've got to fight for all of it. We're up against it. But um, uh, that is my optimism. I uh, Someone asked me recently, what am I optimistic about? And um, I'm not wanting people to suffer, but I'm optimistic that as this system uh, collapses further and further, that it may spur people on. We saw it in the weeks after George Floyd was killed. And that's what happened to a lot of the Bernie people that you mentioned. Uh, They still want change. They're not going to be happy with, uh, should there be a Biden administration? And um, I, I think we have, people are starting to see what it is they need to do to bring about uh change for uh hope and change for real for most people
0: indeed indeed well definitely for our viewers you know we'll be back again in september uh please like share subscribe to our channel and we will see you all very soon uh much love and solidarity
1: peace